love y'all. My guy, we lit, we litty, we litty. Welcome back to another episode of Cultivated Ignorance. I am Will, the host. I am Mike, the favorite host. As y'all right, know, skip over that. This week, we are joined by an amazing, amazing guest, Miss Emmeline. How you doing, Miss Emmeline? Hello, I'm well. How are y'all doing? I am doing better than Mike looks. Um, <laughs> so this week. We are going to be talking uh, about sex work, uh, uh, the different things involved in that. Uh, I know Mike is a huge fan of sex work. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. I know he's addicted to certain <laughs> forms of sex work. We can put each other on blast. We, we can do that. That's fine. <laughs> no, uh, no, she is, she's a, uh, she's a, uh, she has professional stripping, uh, dancing, um, as well as she has an OnlyFans account. Um, so we are going to be asking her questions all about that. You got a whole OnlyFans Academy fam. Yeah, the Academy. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. <laughs> so how you doing, Emily? I'm good. I'm good. Good to have you, man. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, I'm just making sure everything is good. Yeah, like Will said, we're just going to be, we, this whole episode is just about just normalizing talks around just sex work, um, in your case, stripping, um, but just any type of sex work. I always feel like it's very hard, especially living in the Bible Belt like we do, to just have normal conversations about like real sex in general, especially if you talk about sex work. Um, people either get insulted. Um, it's usually about insulting women a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Or people just act like it's just a difficult topic to just even touch on. People think it's not even real work. Um, so stuff like that. So you know, we just want to open up by just, you know, letting you just tell a little bit about yourself, um, how long you've been working in sex work, um, and how you coping with this pandemic right now. How's it affecting your pockets right now? <laughs> okay. Um, well, just a bit about myself. My name is Emmeline. I'm from North Carolina, born and raised. Love my state, you know. I've been dancing for about three years now and um, been working in the BDSM community for about two years, um, traveling and teaching things with um, the Master King Hef. Um, And so the experience has been dope, you know, with the clubs being closed, there's obviously one less stream of income that I've had lately, but um, I've always been a big uh, proponent of having more than one stream of income. So Hasn't been bad for me. I've had my OnlyFans for a while. That's been good. Um, like uh, Will was saying, or Mike was saying, I started the OnlyFans Academy. So that has been like super, super dope. Um, another revenue stream as well. as just a dope opportunity to teach other girls um, things that I learned while I've been on there. And um, yeah, just learning like new tricks and 
things and talents during this break that we're having, trying to stay productive, but still, you know, bring in income some kind of way. So it's been pretty cool. It's been interesting and I've got to be pretty creative. So it's cool. So real quick, um, how would you define sex work? Because I think typically uh, people will think of it as prostitution Just, or whatever. Yeah. Okay. So um, sex work is basically an umbrella term for any type of um, in, like any type of work that is involving sex or selling the fantasy of sex. So um, a lot of people who are strippers may not consider themselves sex workers, but you're still selling the fantasy of sex. So um, adult models, porn stars, prostitutes, even sugar babies um, are all considered sex workers. Sugar babies considered sex work? I didn't know that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I was thinking about being a sugar baby because- Yeah, okay. Well, nobody thinks they'll bring you on. <laughs> A lot of, you know, you know, you'd be surprised, like, anything that you want, you can have. A lot of guys, they make jokes on me, like, oh, I want to start an OnlyFans, or they want to do this. I'm like, but you can, though. Like, there are, and I have plenty of guy friends who have told me, like, yeah, man, one time this couple offered me X amount of money to fuck, or they wanted me to watch me fuck his wife. Like, a lot of my guy friends tell me stuff like that. So I'm like, you can manifest that situation over and over if you so desire. Like whatever you want to, however you want to make money or live your life, it's possible. So, you know, get your sugar mama. <laughs> look, look, man, I already get along with older women as it is, like really well. So I might get it popping. I might get it, I might get it popping. So you said you've been having to be like creative during the pandemic. Like what ways have you been having to be creative with getting um extra income? Like. Um, I would say like starting the academy was something that I've wanted to do for a while now or thought about selling an e-course in general. I just always felt like, oh, I want to sell an e-course. But then I was like, I should just do a whole like academy because there's so many different courses and like components um, of stripping and things that I could put in there. And like one course isn't going to cover everything that has to do with anything about stripping. So I started off with the baby 101 course or baby stripper 101 course, sorry, and the OnlyFans Academy just because they're like, you know, two introductory type courses to show people like what we got coming. But um, I mean, things for travel dancers, things for increasing yourselves as a veteran dancer, like all these different ways to basically increase your hustle in the club. I feel like all those are, you know, very interesting niche type of um, markets that a lot of people aren't even, you know, stripper, a lot of people aren't thinking to educate strippers, but a lot of strippers are always looking for new ways to like get game and, you know, make more money on their shifts. So I feel like that was definitely like super creative of me off the dome, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Have you like never seen anybody else do that? Or because I've there, never seen there are that. stripper mentors. Like there's um Racks to Riches is a popular one. I've followed her for years. I haven't bought any of her courses, but she puts out a lot of content on her page, period. So she's like definitely an inspiration. Um there's been there's a there's a few stripper courses out there. Um, they're all different. Um, I would imagine. I've only taken one. I bought one uh, years ago from um, this girl named Stripper CEO, and hers was like on how to increase your VIP room sales. So it's very specific, and um, I learned a lot. I mean, I went and made money that night off her course, and her course was like, it was expensive. Like her course was like six hundred dollars. Like for real, her course was six hundred bucks, and. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't pay that much for it. I got it when she did a sale, but 
she her course was really expensive and I was like damn like girls are really paying this and I got the knowledge and it was pretty straight like it helped but I feel like we shouldn't overprice for that kind of knowledge just simply because like it's not going to stop us from making money number one it's actually going to help us if more girls can like all learn to hustle accordingly and not do dumb shit that makes people hate strip clubs or not want to come back you know so it really would help us all if we all were kind of a little bit more on the same page about like how the club operates, how we should conduct ourselves around customers and things like that. Hmm. See, I got, and I got a question about that. Cause I always, you know, you hear rumors that it's always so such angst amongst different dancers in the background, you know what I'm saying? It's such a competition and everything that so they don't really get along and stuff. So I had a question about that. I do want to shout out real quick, everybody in the chat. We got a bunch of people on the Facebook live. Y'all, please post your questions. If you got any questions you want to ask, Kanisha, Veronica. I know Veronica want to hear about your OnlyFans um, Academy because she <laughs> she's trying to plot hers. Um, Star, hey, Star, our favorite moderator. Al, Deshaun, uh, Latrell. Hey, everybody. Hey, thank y'all so much for joining us. Please post questions. Um, but that's dope, man. That's dope that, you know, y'all got that camaraderie and help each other out like that. But how do you decide what's a, what course is, like, too much? Because $600, like, I better be making, like, triple that if I'm, if I'm right. paying... <laughs> that much off top like how do you decide which one is worth it without even being in it yet um honestly I would say based off reviews like um even with my page I'm constantly posting reviews I gave the courses out free to a couple girls first just so I could get reviews like that's how I chose to buy stripper CEOs and hers was like to me which she doesn't have an account anymore I don't know why she deleted her Instagram so I don't know I'm plugging her she's not even going to get any of this but she (laughs) Yeah, but she, um, I liked her course. I bought her course because it focused on champagne room sales. And if you can sell a champagne room for an hour, you would have your $600 back. So that was the, that was basically the reasoning behind her pricing was like, okay, if you buy this course, then if you just sell one room, um, you're going to make your money back. And so while, I mean, that makes sense um, with, at least with my baby stripper one-on-one, I am going to probably make a champagne room course incorporating things that I've learned, like over the years different dancers and stuff but honestly like I'm not gonna charge like more than a hundred dollars for any of my courses I feel like um like I said the more people that have the knowledge the more valuable it's going to be in the long run for like dancers everywhere and clubs everywhere and customers (laughs) that's dope man how would you say that uh you're have you only danced at one club or has it been multiple oh no I've danced all over the U.S. I've traveled to I've danced in the most major cities. I've danced in New York. I've danced in Miami, Tampa. Um, I've danced in Portland, Oregon. That was pretty cool. Um, Chicago. I think I said New Jersey. Obviously, North Carolina, South Carolina. I danced in Arkansas. That was funny. Um, <laughs> yeah. What the clothes are looking like in Arkansas? <laughs> oh, man. I feel bad for the girls hustling there. <laughs> oh, no. Why? It's just really like the city I was in. I was in Fayetteville, Arkansas. So honestly, so much money there because that's the home of Walmart. Like Fayetteville, Arkansas is like 20 minutes from Bentonville, Arkansas. Anything you see like that you buy from Walmart, you look in the back, it says processed in Bentonville, whatever. So there is like corporate headquarters, so much money, so many people coming there. So I was like, I want to work there. I was visiting my sister. I used to live there for a little bit, about four months or so. It was, wasn't for me, but I was visiting, so I was like, oh, you know, I wonder, you know, if there's any clubs there. My sister's like, we don't 
don't have any strip clubs. And I was like, you got to have a strip club. Like, everywhere has a strip club. Like, one strip club. Like, the town strip club, at least. Yeah. So, I looked it up, and there was two strip clubs. Um, and they're right across the street from each other, owned by the same person. And I went to work at one. And so, like, I always, you know, I carry myself very professionally when it comes to this dance and stuff. Like, I am, like, professional. So, I went. I had all my stuff ready. I was ready to audition. And I walk in, and he's just, like, looks at me, and he's like, yeah and I was like I want to work and he's like oh I thought you already worked here and I was like oh no I don't (laughs) and like he just told me to go get dressed didn't have to fill out anything didn't have to audition nothing so I'm like okay this is easy then I saw like none of the girls were even wearing stripper heels um it was a bikini bar so you technically couldn't take off um you couldn't wear a thong you had to wear like booty shorts and, and like the private dances you didn't take anything off you just danced with your booty shorts on in a private room and they can't touch like it was so strict and like there was hardly any customers but it was dope because they had a jukebox and you could like choose your music on the jukebox so before you went on stage you would pick your songs on the jukebox oh. <laughs> <laughs> so that was cool oh, no. <laughs> Did I speak to like, cause we had, um, Star had a question like about, um, as far as how strippers interact with each other. She said, isn't that up to each club owner to create its own culture? Like that speaks to like, I guess the culture of that club, like y'all just kind of just like hanging out and making money and dang, like that sounds dope as hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's definitely, I would say like management's responsibility to, to create the culture of the club. They are the most important part of the club. I feel like, well, the girls are, but management attracts the girls or repels the girls and I feel like a lot of strip club managers don't take that into account and Mm -hmm. like when I own my strip club like I'm going to run it right and I feel like a lot of people do not run their strip clubs right they think like you know they're going to make money off the tip out from the girls and get money off the bar and they don't care about anything else that goes on they don't provide protection for the girls by hiring enough security they don't like I just, I've seen it, I've seen it done in a way that people like don't care about the girls and yeah, in a lot of cases, girls are still going to come because they need money. But for the most part, like your customers are eventually going to hate coming to this club. Like I feel like one example, um, dang, should I call Yeah. Onyx Charlotte. I'm calling out. <laughs> oh, dropping names out here. <laughs> yeah. Like I feel like Onyx Charlotte, like they've created a culture at that club to where like most girls don't want to work there if they know any better and customers don't even like going there like they'll go there to like get drunk and like have a good time on two dollar tuesday but like as soon as you walk in like i've walked in there with money ready mm-hmm. to throw and it's like before you even get your money from get your ones exchange you turn around and there's like six girls and they're all shaking their ass on you and you're trying to walk through the crowd and they're all pulling on you and it's because it's like that that club is charging girls seventy dollars to work. Seven, they their tip out starts at seventy dollars, so they're paying mm. anywhere from seventy to one hundred and twenty dollars to work that night, and then they're letting sixty to eighty girls come in to work. So what does that do? That makes these girls freaking savages. Like, oh. that what that is? Yes, that's what happens. It's because if you have a super high tip out and you're having way too many girls work, then. <laughs> you like you're fucked. <laughs> like, so, I mean, but Onyx is like so popular because you hear it in like rap videos and all this other stuff. You know what I mean? Like it's one of the more popular, I guess, strip clubs in the South. I would assume. 
Um, yeah, it is. It is. Uh, but they're all, I think they're all franchised, so they're all run differently. Oh, okay. Okay. That's something I didn't know. But um, I guess like with one of those places, you would expect the experience to be much better. Um, and what is considered like a super high tip out? Like, it's, I, I wouldn't think $70 is a super high tip out. You said you wouldn't think? I wouldn't think, but also I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So you're wrong. So, so I want to, to state the differences for you. Um, I, okay, I hate saying black club and white club, but I'm sure when I say those two different terms, you know what I mean in your head. But I, I consider like a white club, like what people will call white club, I call it gentleman's club. And there are gentlemen's clubs that are like really ratchet. So it's hard to distinguish, but I just hate saying a white club and a black club because there should be black clubs that are, you know, that are upscale and high class and expensive and stuff like that. But I would say a trap club, which is what I call it because you're shaking your money for trap niggas that throw money. Um, I would say at one of those kind of clubs, like $50 would be great. Like I think $50 is the perfect standard rate for something like that. And then it does go up the later you get there. So if you get to the club early, then you're going to pay like 50 bucks. But if you get to the club late, then it's going to go up depending on how late you get there. It'll go up like maybe $20 an hour or something like that. And I just think like if your tip out is going to be $100, then okay, cool. But you need to cap how many girls are coming to work because the odds of those girls making their $100 back become slimmer and slimmer the more girls that you let come work. So I've worked at clubs where like the tip out is free if you get there before a certain time. And better believe I'm the girl that's there for a free tip out. <laughs> so I'm always there early. I'm usually the first girl at the club, the last girl to leave. Like, that's just how I am. When I'm at work, I might as well make the most of it. But I would say like, I think $50 is like a perfect basis period, like for any type of club. But I would say like gentlemen's clubs usually have a way cheaper tip out than the trap clubs. So I feel like the trap clubs are a little bit more exploitative of the women, the dancers. Yeah. I hate that because, like you said, it puts a whole stigma on. You already got the stigma of black, you know, strip clubs as being like hood, and you might get stabbed or shot or something. Like you already got that in there, so it's even worse when the so dancers aren't being treated as they should be. Um, I did want to ask because um, we had this question. This we're going to get to this a little bit later about the most common misconceptions people have about strip clubs or sex work in general. But um, I just wanted to ask real quick, why do you think it's so hard in so many spaces to have this kind of conversation in the first place? to just talk about sex work and how it's really like on a human level, as well as just to talk about sex in general, like real sex. Like, why do you think that's such a hard thing in so many common spaces, even in this day and age, when we all know how we got born, we got the internet, mm-hmm. we all know we be fucking. So it's like, mm-hmm. why is it still such a difficult thing to have on a, on a human level, you think? I think it's hard to talk about sex work because it's hard to talk about sex. like. Like you said, sex, you have to bring it to sex in general. It's like, it's very, I don't know why it's hard for people to talk about sex. I mean, I think it, it's definitely a lack of proper sex ed, like for sure. I think that's the first step. Like, not that we need to have like, no, I think we do. We do need to have like comprehensive sex education across the board. I think it does need to take place more so at home. I feel like having that conversation at home is way more important and more valuable than having it in school. But I think like it needs to just, if you, if you know that they're not doing it at school anymore, then parents and like people just have to to just stop being scared to talk about it because I mean, 
the consequences of it like are really 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 bad like I mean my sister she had a baby at 14 and I wow. love her to death my niece is the most biggest blessing ever but like she shouldn't have had to do that at 14 years old but who who is really like you know educating people on it and why are people scared to talk about it maybe like sexual trauma that hasn't been dealt with um so many people are abused and then it creates more shame around sex and then they don't feel like talking about it with their kids and it's just like a cycle of like silence so I think until we start actually just being more talking about sex more freely like we're never going to be able to get to the point where we can talk about people making money from sex like because if you're, if you're already ashamed to talk about it and sex is such a bad thing, if someone's making money from a bad thing, then you see their career, what they're doing is like negative and it's not the case. Now, when you say you've lived in other, well, I know you say you lived in Fayetteville, Arkansas for a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. In other places that you have lived, that you have been, is the sex, is the, the idea of talking about sex just as awkward other places or is it mainly just in the Bible Belt with, from your experience? Um, I mean, I feel like different cities are more liberal for sure. Like when I've traveled to, well, I guess when I've traveled to a lot of places, I was there for sex events and sex conventions. So my, my data might be skewed, but like (laughs) whenever I visited like New York or, um, even Chicago and even Portland, I feel like those were way more sexually liberal places. Um, but I was there for sex events, so it's really hard to say. I can't say, like, if I wasn't in that circle of people at the time, would I have met, you know, such sexually liberated people? I don't know. But I would say Arkansas is not more progressive than North Carolina at all. <laughs> I would imagine. <laughs> oh, it's just like, they got two strip clubs, according to what you said yeah. earlier. <laughs> so, um, I'm going to shout out a couple more people. Laura, Michelle, thank y'all for joining a couple more people they ain't saying nothing but y'all can talk whenever y'all want it's fine um i wanted to i'm gonna skip this question real quick will and we can go back um because star asked it a while back um so what, you, what would you say the biggest like misconceptions when it comes to sex work or in this case stripping because she said um are most strippers also prostitutes because that's something that she's heard um can you speak to that at all i can for sure um so here's the thing. If you if you are if you are a sex worker, a full service sex worker, that's the the more politically correct term for prostitute. Now I, I don't I use the word prostitute, but I don't know if it's like officially on the like you know how words on become all Yeah, you know how words become like all of a sudden we can't say them no more. So like to yeah. me, prostitute isn't derogatory, but I have seen read somewhere that like prostitute is a derogatory term, but prostitute slash full service sex workers, go. it's the same thing. So I feel like if I were a full service sex work, I would definitely strip and go to the club and meet clients that way, right? Like it just makes sense. So yeah, a lot of strippers also do full service sex work. Now do all of them? Absolutely not. I know, I would say majority don't. And it, but it depends on the city as well. Like some cities, prostitution is way more illegal and frowned upon than other cities. For instance, like um, I would say dancing here in North Carolina, a lot more girls that I work with aren't full service because we, we can't even take our bottoms off in the club, right? So it's a, a lot of the girls there feel a little bit more like um, like respectable or like they would they wouldn't do something like that or whatever. But when you go to Miami, you can fuck in the clubs if you want. 
Like the clubs are set uh-huh. up. The clubs are set up almost like brothels. So like it's a known like thing in the stripper community like that. If you're going to Miami, like you can make money, but don't expect to make a lot of money because everybody's full service. So I would say just depends on like the location. You can't really say like, oh yeah, most strippers are are prostitutes because that's just like absolutely not the case. A lot of strippers are like the girls that are scared to be prostitutes and like don't want to do that. And this is like their, you know, way of making money without doing more. Um, but yeah, no, that's not, it's not an accurate assumption at all, <laughs> at all. So like, I guess, where do you draw the line personally? I know you say you're not a full service sex worker and I know you work in North Carolina as well, but like when you strip in these other places, like do you let guys touch you or will you remove your bottoms? Like what is your, what are your like limitations, I guess? If I'm at a club, that's a nude club. Like, yeah, I'll take off my bottoms. Like I'll do like the, the club standard, you know, what I'm supposed to do at work. But um, no, like even in cities, like in cities like Miami, I have had to like, you know, it's more annoying working sometimes in those cities because like, they're like, let's go to the back. And I'm like, okay, it's $300 for 30 minutes. And they're like, okay. And then we get back there and they're like trying to pull a condom out. I'm like, whoa. And like, I've had to turn down, I've had to turn down dances, you know, and cancel dances because of that. So like, you just kind of, when you're traveling, it is a little bit different because you have to not only know the rules of the club, but also like what kind of environment has been created in that club because you just go into anywhere and working in that working at that club and you don't know that like every girl in this club gives hand jobs and so you're the new girl and you don't know that when you go to the back you're supposed to give a hand job you know what I'm saying like I don't know how to give a handy yeah (laughs) but I mean it's it's usually it's usually not a problem like usually I will tell someone like if they ask me what am I doing later or what's going on like I was like, not me. I don't get mad. I don't get like, because I know at the end of the day, like we're all adults. So when people approach me on that, I'm like, nah, it's like, I'm not your girl. But you know, like if I know someone, I will send them your way. Like what kind of girl you like? Like, you know, I got you, but nah, <laughs> not me. <laughs> no, I feel that. Um, I have another question in the chat. She said, um, Star said, um, how easy or hard is it to make a living as a sex worker? In this case, strippers. Um, are most of the strippers like struggling to do better than the average American when it comes to income or is it kind of like better than like I guess you could say the typical nine to five I would say although your earnings really depend on what you put in like I can't say if it's easy or hard because it's like any job like you're gonna get what you put in like seriously it's not just easy money you're gonna go up there and take off your clothes and make money you definitely have to invest in um like time like you have to invest in yourself as far as your looks and your hygiene and and that sort of thing but you also have to invest in your mindset because it's a mental it's a mental game um which we'll go into that later but i would definitely say like um you're making more money than the than the average nine to five for for sure like even on your worst nights even if you don't know what you're doing like you should be able to average like a hundred dollars a shift like I would hope like if you make if you can't make a hundred dollars a shift then you should probably stop stripping depending on where you (laughs) You live but again I will say depending on where you live because like when I worked in Arkansas like there was nobody coming in there and the strip club culture is just not what it is so like I think both nights I worked there I might have made like 80 bucks but I made more money than every girl in there so Mm -hmm. it really depends on where you live some girls are living in cities where like it's a struggle you know what I'm saying but for the most part, like if you're dancing in Charlotte or just any city that's like got an industry going about itself, like 
you know, you're going to be making good money as a stripper and learn, just learn as you go. Don't ever get comfortable with the amount of money that you're making. Like that was one of the biggest mistakes I made. I feel like my first um, year or so of dancing is like, I would make a ton of money and then I would just stop dancing for like two months. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, I made some money. Like I'm gonna pay all my bills up and then I'm gonna chill. And like- What was the reason, was the reason for that? Like what was your mentality for stopping after two months? Because I just wanted enough money to like pay my bills and like maybe do some extra things. And then like, I was chilling. I wasn't in the mindset of where like, I was trying to build and invest my money. Like my mindset wasn't really there yet. And I was, I had another job. I had a day job. Um, I still do. Well, I just went on leave thanks to coronavirus, but um, <laughs> yes, Corona. I'm going on leave. Uh, but yeah, I think just like, you know, I was always dabbling in so many things with my business and um, having a day job. Like that was already two big things, like working 30 or 40 hours a week and having a business and stripping, like stripping was always like my last, like on the impor importance of things to do, like stripping was like, okay, I can just do this one weekend a month and I don't gotta even like focus on that. You know, I'll make enough money to focus on other things. So that was the reason behind that. Hmm. That's what's up, man. So uh, real quick, going into you starting stripping, what was, I guess, the major the major factors and like the appeal of actually doing it? Because I'm sure a lot of girls have like some kind of uh, stress about it or, you know, particular reasons they're doing it. Because I think from a guy's point of view and a lot of other people's point of view, you have to assume that these people are like just uh, sexually, just over-sexualized in their life or they're just super horny or, or whatever. So... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know any stripper that's a stripper because she's super horny. <laughs> well, I guess that's that's more for like porn stars and stuff, but you know what I mean. Um, I would say so. What is your question? Why did I become a stripper? Or, or yeah, like yeah, like what what drew you to the what drew you to doing it? Um, I mean the money, but I was go go dancing. So I started off as a go go dancer first, and I've always worked in clubs, and I loved working in nightlife. I love the flexibility of it. I like being up at night. Like I just always like working in nightclubs. And so I was go-go dancing first and um, I just got more and more comfortable with myself. And so, um, yeah, it was more so just like, I already love dancing. I already love nightlife and I can make way more money doing the stripping versus the go-go dancing. Even though I made good money go-go dancing. Um, I just saw the all the opportunities that came with stripping as far as like the flexibility of my schedule, like being an independent contractor, working when I want, as long as I want, like making as much as I want. Like I just, all that, like the freedom that came with it was really what compelled me, I feel like. Word, word. Um, we had another question in the chat. Um, this is something I was kind of wondering. Um, my good friend Laura said, do you have to maintain a certain weight to strip professionally? Like, is there like certain pressures that they are like constantly on y'all about like maintaining like a body figure? type? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. So yeah, some clubs are worse than others, right? That's why like in my course, I teach um, in the Baby Stripper 101 course that I have, I teach basically the first thing you want to do is find out what kind of club is right for you. Um, because I do believe like pretty much anybody can have a successful career stripping like pretty much anybody they even have clubs in certain areas that are bbw that i really want to go to so like i heard like in dc 
And in Maryland area, they have um, BBW strip clubs. Mm, that's cool. Yeah, so I'm like super duper like excited to see one of those one day, like to go visit. But um, yeah, there are clubs where like as soon as like you start to gain too much weight, they're gonna say something to you. But those are usually like the very very upscale like like upscale clubs, probably a little probably a little racist. You know what I'm saying? Like those kind of clubs. <laughs> I love yeah, yeah, you know, because I like that's the kind of clubs that I, I've worked at more recently. Like when I first started dancing, I worked at nothing but trap clubs. Like I love being with my people. I love twerking. I love having money thrown like that was shit was lit. <laughs> but now like I work in clubs where I'm more so like being composed. I gotta be a little classier. I gotta like talk to them. I can't be cursing, you know, like I'm really Whoa. trying to, yeah. <laughs> so at those type of clubs like they look they they tend to be a little stricter but i've i've never personally experienced it nor have i seen it myself but i've heard other dancers say like, like when they were working in new york or like at sapphire these really really upscale clubs like they're on you like even about your nails i have been to clubs where they're like why your nails not done stuff like that so they do they do mind your appearance but i mean i've heard worse stories from hooters girls like i've heard like hooters is really hooters? true about their appearance yeah i've heard worse stories from hooters girls hooters? about as far as like you can't be here working looking like this that's that's true. i mean it might, it might not be fast some people might be able to cope, cope with it it might it might be in a tech in a healthy environment because i do believe there's certain you know clubs that it's kind of like um you know grown and sexy clubs like there's some places where you can't just walk in with tennis shoes and stuff and like jeans and stuff and and then some you can come in any kind of way so i'm sure there are like you know different clubs, but hopefully it's not toxic. Hopefully it's not like, oh, you gained five pounds this week, you got to leave or some, some bullshit like that. No, nah, I think I think it's usually something progressive, but I also think it's a great excuse to get rid of a girl that you already wanted to get rid of to make oh, it about yeah. their appearance or their weight. You know what I'm saying? So, mm. yeah, manage make it suck, but that's the reason why there's like a million strip clubs. <laughs> so <laughs> find the one that works for you. That's all I can say. It's indeed, so indeed. I, I wanted to kind of touch on OnlyFans. Okay. Um, <clears throat> how did you, what, what made you want to start an OnlyFans? Just the revenue stream, additional revenue stream that you could have got from it that you saw? Yeah, so um, I I had been having people tell me for ages, like, you need to do OnlyFans, you need to do OnlyFans. And I was always kind of um, apprehensive just because I didn't know like if I wanted to how far I wanted to go with sex work like if I wanted because stripping up like is one of the unique forms of sex work where you can completely like erase the fact that you were a stripper right especially if you're working in clubs where people aren't allowed to have their phones out and stuff then as a dancer like you really you're not ex as exposed as say like a, a model is who's posting pictures and posting things like that or camming and stuff like that so um, I was a little nervous for a while before I started um, my OnlyFans, but I basically just, I don't know. I don't know why I was just feeling froggy and I made that jump. And um, I actually, the day after I started my OnlyFans page, I did a shroom trip and I was on mushrooms and I was like, <laughs> like I was like, I was literally like, that was the only shroom trip that I've ever had where I was, it was like almost a bad trip. Cause I was just like, what am I doing? Like, is this okay? Like, I was just freaking out about like all this pornographic shit that I was posting on my OnlyFans. <laughs> but now like, I kind of found like how I want to run it and how to do it in a way that's comfortable for me. And like, that's another thing that I teach is like for OnlyFans, you don't have to 
be like fucking dildos or doing anything crazy like that. Like OnlyFans is really for monetizing the following that you already have or creating a following and getting paid for it. So no matter what you do, really, you can pro- you can monetize off of it. It just depends on like what you're willing to do. And so like some girls make money foot modeling. There's all different types of fetishes that people pay for. People pay to watch people eat food. Like there's mukbang videos on YouTube. I'm pretty sure that started from somebody that had like a fetish. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> people, will pay, people will pay to like watch you eat like the weirdest thing. So like, I feel like anyone that has a, a big following already definitely needs to create an OnlyFans. Even if you don't want to put any energy behind it, just create it and get rich off that first month and then just tell your subscribers like, oh, I don't want to do it anymore, whatever. Like, it's just like, why wouldn't you make money off the stuff that you already are posting on Instagram for free, you know? You know what that speaks to is like, first of all, I think it's dope that you like humanize like the whole OnlyFans thing and that just not making people feel like they have to just go out and just do stuff they don't want to do and exploit themselves in a way they don't want to do at all just to make money. I think it's dope that you put that into people on a, on a real level. But also it explains like my old issue with how people demonize sex work when people sell our bodies in different forms of work all the time, whether you're an athlete um, or even just an office worker, like just putting in all these crazy hours for a company that doesn't really care about right. you and losing sleep, you know what I'm saying? Not eating correctly, doing all this bullshit, but you like demonizing somebody else for just doing, you know, something sexual. That's what's so crazy about it. That's why I don't understand. Like, not the Christian we, way. What you say, Will? I said it's not the Christian way. That, <laughs> that's what we'll be doing. He'll be out here throwing the Bible at people like, stop, stop shaking ass. <laughs> I, pay, I pay for the OnlyFans just so I can tell them about how they're not following Jesus Christ. <laughs> I came here to get your life right and also view your booty. So has OnlyFans been uh, really successful? Because I see IG models posting about like how much money they make. I think a couple girls have said they made like a few hundred thousand dollars a year or something like that. It is it is real. Like you can make as much money as you want with it. That's the thing. Like you can be lazy and make money just off your subscriptions or you can go ham and be messaging people and creating content and sending out like messages for them to unlock and just racking it up like it really just depends on how you want to work it, but you can definitely make a lot of money. Like it's like I said, especially if you're already famous. Like mm-hmm. if you're already famous, like you're talking 10k, 20k, like your first month, like just off the strength Work. of having people that already follow you. Yeah. So like for me, it's been wildly successful. Like I've definitely reached every goal that I've made on the platform, but I'm still constantly having to, you know, drive traffic to my OnlyFans page and like work on Twitter. I made a Twitter just to promote it because, you know, you always um, are looking to keep people subscribed. And that's the thing. Like a lot of these girls that are, that are screenshotting and showing like, Oh, I made this amount of money or whatever. They made that their first month, maybe their second month, but people aren't going to stay subscribed if you're not creating content that they want to see. You know what I mean? Like most people aren't just going to leave auto bill on for $15 a month and like never check to see if you posted anything. So, and that's where having a cheap subscription price comes in. Like some girls that are really famous, they make their subscription price like five bucks. So then maybe, you know, people won't think about it and it's just $5 and they'll keep it forever. But everyone has to kind of choose which way they want to go with, with deciding like their pricing and then hopefully whatever they do works and they make a ton of money. 
And, and I'm so glad you've highlighted uh, all of the work that goes into not just OnlyFans, but into dancing in these clubs, whether it's, you know, working with customers or keeping your body tight or eating healthy or constantly generating content and driving people towards, you know, whatever you're trying to get them to see. Because a lot of time, people don't really generally think of sex work as work. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, well, this girl's just going out there twerking either on camera or on stage, something she would do at the house. You know, so she just put some heels on and now she's getting paid for it. So um, it's really good that you're highlighting how much work it really is. Yeah, I think that's the biggest misconception about sex work. Like that was, when you sent over the questions, that one I was like, the biggest misconception is just that it's easy. And it's like, yeah, if you think about it, like she goes on stage, like she takes off her clothes. Yeah, that's easy. But especially stripping, I feel like, I won't lie, OnlyFans to me is easy. Like OnlyFans is easy money. <laughs> like that is the easiest money. <laughs> like OnlyFans is easy. But dance, and so for some people, OnlyFans might not be easy because some people might not like taking pictures of themselves. Some people might not feel comfortable, you know. But for me, OnlyFans is easy because I feel like I'm doing already what I do at the club and I'm having fun. All my just look good so if they get leaked or whatever like at least I look good but my with my dancing I feel like you know so much goes into that and I've even had like people who do all other types forms of sex work just tell me like man I respect you for being a stripper like I've even had full service sex workers like who have sex for a living tell me like man like props to you for being a stripper because I couldn't do it I couldn't talk to all these different people I couldn't deal with all the energy of the different girls I couldn't be on stage. You know what I'm saying? Like there's a lot of elements to stripping that I feel like really just come down to your mindset. Like it's a lot of emotional labor, like whether you're talking to people um, or even just giving dances and people are touching you. Like it's just so much energy exchange that comes on like with working at the strip club. Like I won't even just say stripping, but even like the bottle girls that work at the strip club, like it's a lot that comes into the energy exchanges that happen. So I feel like it's not only a lot of work at the club, like, but you have to make sure, you know, you're not going crazy um, from, from what you're doing too. So, you know, you need to be doing whatever spiritual work you like to do. You need to be cleansing yourself, cleansing your money. Like it's a lot, it's a lot. (laughs) And you're dealing with people when they're drunk too. That's another thing. Like you're dealing with people's dark sides, right? You don't know why they come into the club. Like, do they come into the club because they hate their wife? Do they come into the club because they're rapists? You know, like, why do they come into the club and what are they getting off of, like, getting from you? So you have to think about that, too. You're hitting some, like, great points right now. The other thing, you people, the common person wouldn't even remotely think about yeah. just thinking of going to the strip club. Like, it's kind of like people in the grocery store. They're just having a bad day and they just trying to grocery shop. They just go off on a damn cashier and not think nothing about it. Um, same thing with that. Like, you don't know what people got going through their heads coming through these clubs. Um, we definitely wanted to ask you about more about the mental health aspect. I had a really good question in the comments I wanted to hit real fast. Um, first, Tamika Staley. What's up, Tamika? She had a really good comment. She said, um, being a digital sex worker is a lot more difficult to be discreet. Um, that can be a worry for a lot of folks. And in, in, in the business, I'm sorry, my screen is acting crazy. Um, it was a personal fear for me when I first tried my hand at it. So speaking to everything you're talking about, uh, Dom, what's up, Dom? How you doing, man? He had a really good question. He said, with the OnlyFans thing, um, are you afraid that you will have to be more extreme over time to keep people interested? 
No, I feel like it's the same. I, I apply the same logic in the strip club that I, I apply the same logic to my OnlyFans that I use in the strip club. So those are things like all it takes is one, right? All it takes is one person who really, really likes me to make me hit my goal for the night or the day or the week, month, whatever. And I apply that to my OnlyFans. Um, same as like, um, just, I feel like building connections with your subscribers is how you prevent that from happening, right? Like if you're really making your subscribers feel like there's somebody, like they're not gonna be like, oh dang, well, I haven't seen you do this yet. Can you do this? They might ask, but are they gonna get mad enough to unsubscribe to you? It just depends on the types of relationships you're building with your with your followers. Like I do have people unsubscribe and come back because the thing with OnlyFans is like, you can see all the past posts. So if you subscribe to my page today, you're gonna see everything I've posted since October. So you might see all that and the next month see my stuff and be like, okay, I've had enough for her, I'm unsubscribed. But guess what? Two months later, you can be like, I wonder what she posted since then. Has she started doing something different? Like, you know what I mean? So I haven't really had, I've had, of course, a lot of subscribers. Everybody has people come and go. Some people just subscribe because they want to see what you're posting. They want to be nosy. Somebody from high school might just want to subscribe real quick and then you lose them. But for the most part, no, I don't feel like I have to do crazier things. I just feel like um, that's where just not doing too much in the beginning, like don't do something that you don't want to do in the beginning, right? Like if you're on the fence about something, save that for later in your career, right? Like I, all my stuff that I post, um, I do a lot of like a solo masturbation type stuff. And of, like I do, I really do want to post things with um, like with another person but it's like, uh, like I have all the, I go back and forth about it. And I'm like, so why rush myself? If I'm going back and forth about it, then this is something that I can keep building my following with what I already do. And then when I finally do decide to do something with a partner, I'm going to have even more people buying that content because either way I've been putting in the work on the back end, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so yeah. with, uh, with uh, sex work in general, how do you feel like, <clears throat> have you ever had a situation where you've had to manage a personal relationship, uh, boyfriend, girlfriend, partner, whatever, um, while while doing sex work? And how did that kind of play out? Yes, I have. <laughs> <laughs> the tea. I'm sorry. Is that, is that the word, um, tea? Yeah, the tea. Um, I would say like, it is hard. It's been hard for me, but only because I was in like an immature relationship. I feel like, right, if you get with someone and they know like what you got going on, then maybe, you know, I don't know, people change. I don't know, man, it's hard. Like, I don't, I don't really do the relationship thing, right? Like, that's not really me, but I was in a relationship um, about a year ago. And um, like one of the biggest arguments we had, and it was like a recurring argument was that I would um, I wouldn't dance for her. That the first thing was that I wouldn't dance for her, and then the mm-hmm. second one was like I post pictures on Instagram, but I don't send her anything. And which to me is the same thing. Like basically, you're upset that you're not getting the attention that everyone else gets from me. But for me, I'm like, okay, if dancing for people is my job, and I dance for like thirty guys a night what makes you special if I'm dancing for you? Like, you're no longer special to me. Like, in my mind, a dance is not special. In my mind, a dance is something that I do all the time for different people, and it's a job. So I don't, 
I'm not like, oh, it's my girl. Like, I want to do a dance. Like, when I think of, like, what I want to do to turn her on, it's something totally different than dancing, you know? Like, I've just become, like, desensitized isn't the right word, but, you know, I'm just so used to to dancing for people for profit that I'm forgetting that it's, like, something sexy that my partner might want. Mm-hmm. And to me, I'm not even enthused to really do it because it's a job for me. Like, it's a chore, and so like, and the same with the pictures thing, like she would get so mad, like, oh, you're always posting on Instagram. You never send me nudes. Like, I've never got a nude from you. I'm like, I see you every day. Why would I send you a nude? <laughs> like, why would I send you a nude? Like we're together every day. But um, yeah, that was, that was difficult. Like really, I'm not gonna lie. Like it definitely contributed to our breakup. So I definitely like I just, I don't know, for me personally, I rather avoid relationships as long as I'm stripping. Like, that's just me. I've seen girls in happy relationships that strip, but for me personally, like, I just don't have time for it. Like, she called me money hungry and she was right. I am money hungry. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, it is what it is. And like, I see a lot of girls constantly arguing with their boyfriends, like in the back, on the, in like in the dressing room, they're on the phone, arguing with their boyfriends. And I'm just like, nah, bruh. I can't. Can't be me. <laughs> you can disconnect the act from the job because from what I, from what I'm hearing anyway, it seems like she just this this would just be another form of turning her on as you just doing this for her, and because it was just for her, it was just different versus it's just you doing your work at home. If that makes sense. Right. I, don't know. I felt like what based off what she was saying, I, and I I could be wrong, but it seemed like it was coming from like a place of insecurity, like. Uh huh. Like I, I need to know what you be doing. I need to know what you. I need to know, you know, everything that goes on while I'm not there. So, in a way, like prove to me or show me or some crazy shit. Yeah. Oh God. Oh, that proved to me shit. Ooh. Get that. All the way the fuck out here. Um. Dom has another really good follow up question. This kind of leads into what I was gonna ask next. Is um, he said if sex becomes work. What does that do for intimacy in your personal relationships? Is it worth the trade-off if there is a trade-off? And that's what I was going to ask. Like, how do how do you get your you know sexual desires met or intimate intimate desires met if you have them in the first place? Um, how do you get those met? Right, especially right now with this whole Corona thing going on. Like, how do you fulfill those needs? Well, I would say okay. So for me, like actual intercourse isn't work, right? But the the dancing and like. I guess the foreplay act of like dancing and sending pictures and like the part of the part of work that was work for me. Yes, it was hard to display. And I mean, I've actually, um, there's a really dope, um, sex worker. She's amazing. Her name is Raquel Savage. She's on Instagram, Twitter, all that. And she actually made a post about how, like, she went years, I think like seven years, maybe, I don't know. And like her motto was no free fucking. So for that seven years, she had sex with somebody, she was getting paid for it. And she was, she was basically putting a blog out talking about like how intimacy, like is just totally different for her. Like her mind is wired, like completely different than the average person because of that, you know, like now that she actually is trying to have sex with people and like, I mean, I, I can understand, like, if I'm used to making, like, $1,000 every time I have sex, and then I'm having sex with someone for free, and be like, okay, is this, <laughs> is like, this? you know, <laughs> like, is this worth it? What we, like, what is this? Time is what this is. <laughs> yeah, but um, for me personally, like, I don't know, I feel like I can't really answer that, because 
I don't really have the need to dance for someone like I don't that's not how I best display intimacy right like for me to display intimacy like I'm gonna rub your feet I'm gonna want to play in your hair like these are the things that I like to do to express intimacy I don't really like to dance I mean I like to I will send pictures like that was one thing I was like okay I will send you pictures but like I wasn't thinking about her before I sent the picture and that that to her was the problem it's like I'm not she wasn't on my mind enough but for me like if I take a sexy picture for the gram like I'm thinking of for the gram I'm not thinking like oh let me send this to her first and then put it because you know I'm putting it on the gram so like <laughs> which, which way you want me to do first either way like you're gonna see it either way it's just, like what do you want what do you want from me yeah what do you want from me <laughs> <laughs> do you have um, a question Will um, I'm sure one will come to me because, oh yeah, how did you get into uh, BD, BDSM and stuff like that, which you mentioned earlier? So how did I get into BDSM? Um, I'm great, great friends with a master teacher. His name is King Hef. And um, I started touring with him two years ago. August, this August will be two years. So like a year and a half ago, I started touring with him and um, through I learned everything from him. Like super dope we would go to basically we were teaching seminars so we were teaching people bdsm and i was like a brand ambassador but got more and more involved to the point where like i'm pretty much a guru myself and his um specialty was impact play or is impact play enhanced banking so i just like learned how to use different floggers learn different kinks and things that i was interested in and it's really really dope um i'm not currently like touring with them anymore but I just learned so much and like really respect the art. Like it's just dope. It's just all around dope. I've met more people that understand consent and boundaries within the BDSM community than I've met like doing anything else. Like people, people that are at these events, like before they even touch you, they're like, like, you know, sometimes you just talk, walk up to people and you grab their shoulder and you're like, Hey, like they're all about consent for the most part. Like I had just such a good experience. Um, traveling and working um with him and it's just like yeah it's just it's awesome it's awesome if you if you guys are in or near chicago atlanta no atlanta's well yeah atlanta has sex down south um but miami new jersey um exotica convention is like a great place to get like your footing if you're interested in like any if you're interested in anything like sex related honestly because at this convention you have um, different vendors selling all different types of stuff. You have sex educators teaching different things. You have seminars with the sex educators teaching their professions. Then you have um, stage shows. You have a whole dungeon. Like, and you have all the porn stars. Like most porn stars are there. Famous cameras are there to sign autographs and take pictures. So like, it's just like a big freak fest and I just love it. It's actually supposed to be going on. Wait, where's my calendar? Next week? Yeah, it was, it was this weekend before Corona came. Wow, Corona. <laughs> it's this weekend, right. <laughs> that's, I just want to say, man, that's super dope because I think another big misconception is that people who do these types of things are just open to anything happening. And that's where I think a lot of victim blaming happens when, when people do get sexually assaulted. They'd be like, well, you shouldn't have been messing around with the freak convention or whatever like that. It's just super <laughs> dope to know. You know what I'm saying? Because that's what people say, man. When I tell people that. Yeah, no, bro. That's what people, when I be telling people, like, I'm exploring, like, non-monogamy and stuff like that. Or, like, just different forms of being intimate with somebody beyond just 
one other person, mm-hmm. people's minds just go everywhere and they just think you're just down for anything and therefore you're open to more danger. And mm-hmm. it's like, bro, like we're just, it's just a different form of loving, a different form of just freedom. It's really the form of freedom that a lot of people wish to pursue, but just don't because they feel like they can't because of the life they put together for themselves. So it's like, it's a whole thing. So I did want to touch on, cause we, um, I really want to make sure you end on time. Um, earlier when we talked about mental health, like, and how important that is, I think conventions like that would ask for, you know, explicitly ask for consent are very important. But how do you personally like maintain your health, mental health, you know, going into these clubs with dudes that you don't know and maybe coming with a certain vibe, touching on you and stuff like that, or looking, even just looking at you, that can come, that can bring a whole type of energy with it in itself. What do you do to maintain your mental health while working in this industry? Um, a lot of spiritual work for me. So I have like little routines and things that I do. So I actually am thinking about putting this together as like a free resource on my site, um, just to show like the practices that I use as well as generate traffic. And I would say like, I listen to a lot of um, high frequencies when I sleep at night. So at nighttime, I'm listening to like um, the hurts that are for like, um, like uh, abundance, prosperity, as well as like cleansing, ridding toxic negative negativity. Like I listen, to, I try to program my mind in my sleep with my subconscious, like as much as possible. Um, <laughs> but then I also just like, I talk to people, luckily, like everyone that I, everyone that knows me pretty much knows that I strip. So I'm fortunate enough to have the outlet of just like talking to people. Um, some people might not be that lucky if they're stripping on the down low or whatever, then it can be really hard. Like, I feel like if you're really on the down low and you're not talking to anyone about your experiences at the club, like that's going to get like very, very negative, very, very fast. Um, even you not that things are all bad things are always happening that you need to talk about, but like being yourself is important. Like (laughs) being yourself and being open with somebody is really important. So, um, I do that. I talk to friends and family about like crazy things that's going on or even normal things. Just tell them about my day at work, right? When most people come home, their spouse or whoever is like, how was your day at work? Like you want to be able to do that too. And so I do that. Um, what else? Cleansing. Like it's all like medits. It's all like literally just things that I do that make me feel better. And I can't say like those things are for are the best things for everyone. But however you deal with mental health, like, like apply it the same way. But I also just like, I'm extra, like my emphasis on cleansing has increased as being a dancer. Like I'm burning sage, I'm burning Palestine. So I even cleanse my money when I get it home because mm. um, this girl I used to work with, like she, she doesn't, she's not a stripper, but she does like freestyling, um, which is like basically going to different places and meeting rich men um and like just seeing what happens and so she does that and she just um always taught me like when you get your money save your money before you keep it on you because money goes through all these different places right and you don't know what their intent was and you don't know what where this money has been so like not even like lysoling it like sanitizing it which is also great but just cleansing the energy that might be on the money and like saying prayers that you know this money multiplies and stuff and i feel like those things have really worked for me like really worked that's dope see i don't even i thought y'all would just like you know pray beforehand and then pray afterwards that i I can't get no bad juju on me (laughs) and then keep it moving that's what's up man um would you have something or did you want to 
No, I'm good. She's a she's answered just about everything. I was saying, man, like we only got like a couple more minutes. Um, oh, I know one thing Will had um, mentioned was um, I guess you kind of touched on just setting limitations for yourself. Do you have certain things that you just won't do at all, like you just don't even touch? Um, I mean, like at the club, like at, when I'm at work, are there things that I won't do at work? Yes. Um, I don't let people put money like on in my private parts. I don't put anything in my private parts. And that seems like I shouldn't have to say that, but I, I do see girls like do tricks where they put bottles like in their pussy or in their ass crack what? or like, yeah. I mean, you've you know, seen it too, bro. We've been to strip clubs and we've seen it. He's like, you know, we've seen it. <laughs> I haven't seen nobody open a bottle with their pussy, no. No, not open it, but like hold it or like, People do all these pussy tricks and like I've, I have customers, they try to put money in my vagina. Like they like to rub it on your vagina. I don't know why, but I'm not with that. Like I'm, my vaginal health is very important to me. So I definitely limit like the contact people make like with my actual pussy. Cause like, I just, I don't know. I've even noticed like working in nude clubs and working in clubs where it's just topless and you wear bottoms, like the, the culture of the customers is different and like the effects the days later on your vagina is different <laughs> like very different <laughs> have you messed around and gotten any like any type of disease or anything has anybody even gotten into diseases or anything like that or, well, like... i mean i i mean i've definitely worked like at a nude club and then like a couple of days later had a uti like a urinary tract infection and i know it's wow. dirty like people don't be washing their hands yeah everything is dirty and it's like you're on the pole and then you're sitting down every time you talk to a customer. And then if you give a dance, you're rubbing up against his lap. So like, you're really putting your, that's why I don't really like dancing in nude clubs. I love being naked. I love the freedom of being nude. Like I love the air, the breeze, but it's fucking dirty. Like it's nasty sometimes. And I'd be like, you know, I don't even want to work because like this happened one time and <laughs> nah. <laughs> I feel you entirely, man. Well, we appreciate you. Um, We'll be starting to wrap it up. I guess I want to, and with this real quick and then we'll get into you know you shouting out your business your website page you're gonna get that to put it on the page and everything but um is there any like advice you would give somebody who just looking to get into you know who's just considering sex work whether it be stripping or the only fans before they even start anything before they even walk in the club like is there any piece of advice you would give them to just consider um beforehand um do your research like especially if you're just like i want to do a form of sex work but i don't know which one like definitely figure out where you want to start there's so much free information on youtube on instagram um like there's a lot of free information before you even get into buying courses or decide like decide what you want to do right before you buy a course or anything like that but then i would definitely say like once you know what you want to do get a mentor not a partner mm. not a partner but a mentor um, and like, that's something like when you first start, you can invest in courses like mine or anyone else who might be selling that you like relate to that, um, is a mentor that may have courses or content on their page or their YouTube, um, and emphasis on someone you relate to. Cause you don't want to get dance advice. Like most advice, some advice is blanket, but also like, you need to be thinking about what type of clubs these people work at, what type of club you want to work at before you take advice from someone who's telling you to do like certain things that at the club you work at is like not even an option. Right. Um, but do get a mentor, someone that, um, has been in the game a minute 
Um, sometimes at the club, you'll meet someone that'll take you under your wing. But um, sometimes, if you're lucky, if you're lucky. Um, but just, like you know, invest in knowledge because you don't want to do like reinvent the real. Like that's what any business, right? Like you don't want to hop in and like be making silly mistakes that like you want to start off making money and keep making money. You don't want to start off making money one night, not making any money the next night, trying to figure out why you didn't make money that night, trying to come up with a way to stay consistent. Like just buy my course. But I think, um, I think you hit the nail on the head as far as how we normalize this conversation in the first place. It's just treating it like a business. Cause it is a business. Like, it's a whole business. Like we can't just be acting like this is not anything unlike someone starting an LLC. You wouldn't tell somebody to start an LLC just to get like a bunch of money on Monday and then do nothing to maintain their following, to maintain their customer base on Tuesday or Wednesday. Like, I think that's how we normalize the whole conversation. It's just telling other people know that this is an actual business that needs to be well-kept and maintained just like any other business and, um, and also be respected in any other business. So, it's dope that you have what you have, man. Let's go ahead and get into this black business shout out, shout it. If you want to oh. tell the people, yeah, you know, we got we got screens got around you. here, you know, so we got technology. Oh snap! Okay. <laughs> we'll have to give them like a like a like a one, one more time, like a brief rundown of the OnlyFans Academy, as well as the Baby Stripper One on One course. Um, just yeah. to let people know. Okay, so. Um, this is Hustler ED, right? Hustler Exotic Dancer University. So this is a, going to be a complete comprehensive page of different courses you can take to increase your sales, specifically as an exotic dancer, right? I wanted this to be for strippers, by strippers. Um, I don't plan to go too much into different forms of sex work. This is for strippers, by strippers. But with the pandemic going on, you know, a lot of clubs are closed. And with my experience on OnlyFans, I decided, you know, look, I've made enough money. I've talked to enough girls. Like, I know what works. I'll go ahead and put together OnlyFans Academy and um, see how it does. And that's, like, my bestseller. Like, everyone's been buying OnlyFans Academy just because it's something you can get started on right away, right? So in that course, you're going to be um, learning how to find your niche, like, figuring out what you can post that you're comfortable with that other people will enjoy as well. Um, mm -hmm. So I go over just a couple of different types of fetishes you could do, um, basically just how to find your vibe and then um, different promotional techniques, marketing techniques. It's really honestly like a mini marketing boot camp. I go over so much stuff on like how to increase your engagement on Instagram and Twitter, but that's because that's how you get people to your OnlyFans page. Um, so yeah, OnlyFans Academy is literally start to finish just it's only I think the course only comes to like an hour runtime same with baby stripper 101 I think baby stripper 101 is maybe an hour and 10 or 15 minutes um but as you can see I talk really fast um so I I go over so much stuff and like that hour and it's video content as well as text and pdfs um just showing you everything you need to get started um with only fans and the baby stripper 101 uh, that starts off with like questions to ask yourself before you even get into stripping, which probably like, you know, want to do that before you would even buy the course. But just knowing like, you know, where you want to, um, how long you want to do this, what are your goals from it, um, setting a clear mindset, because I see a lot of strippers, they start out and they give up because they don't, it's too hard or they don't like it, or they get comfortable and they're stripping for like 10 years. 
Now, if your plan was to strip for 10 years, more power to you. Those girls that sure. those girls that I strip with that are 35, they make money. <laughs> like they know how to hustle. So it's not necessarily to say like, oh, you don't want to be doing this forever, but have a goal in mind and know how long you want to be doing it so that you don't look back and be like, damn, why didn't I do this? Why didn't I do that? Because I've had that moment myself. Um, so it's teaching you um, how to pick out a club once you decide that's what you want to do, um, how to sell dances, how to sell VIP rooms, how to get along with other girls, how to make management love you. Like that course is my baby. Like I love, I love that. Oh, who's popping off? My dad. Um, <laughs> so it's just literally everything you need to know, like to just get started in the club. So I, I think that's going to be very, very beneficial um, for anyone that's even thought about it once or twice. Like, it's definitely going to give you the courage to be like, okay, when are the clubs reopening? I'm ready. <laughs> you just be prepared. As soon as the doors open, you out the front door ready to get your paper. Exactly. And then trust me, people are going to have a lot of paper after this. I've seen a, a couple girls like, oh, you know, the club's going to be good when this is over and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, are you kidding me? Do you know how people want to be outside? Like if people want to be outside this bad, imagine how bad they want to be in a strip club with some girls. Look, we might need to go ahead and start a strip club myself. You know, so I'm a promoter, so I might go ahead and start this whole movement myself. You know what I'm saying? Get on this paper. <laughs> look, you should. This look, I feel like there's so much money to be made um in the club industry in general, but especially strip clubs, like if you do it right, but it's if you do it right. But if, even if you do it wrong, you can make a lot of money. But I feel like for longevity, like do it right and get get input from women. Like people want to start a strip club, but they don't know any strippers and they don't talk to any strippers. Like how that working. Yeah. <laughs> That's what people in general, man. They just see they just see an avenue and they just want to be a part of it. They just want to jump into it without doing the work. And just like any other business, it's just gonna fail. You know what I'm saying? That's just how it works. So um if anybody has any more questions, we can uh, you can definitely put them in the chat. But I was gonna let Will go ahead and do the thirst of the week. Shatoya, Latanya, T. We do a Thursday week every week, every episode. Um, usually it's somebody we pick ourselves, but it would be a crime if we did not make you the Thursday week this week. <laughs> <laughs> it would be criminal. Well, thank you. <laughs> so, um, if you look at her page, it's all all kinds of all forms of sexiness. Zebra prints. <laughs> uh, so you can check her out uh, at sexy spiritual gangster. Um, on Instagram, um, what is your Twitter? Because I'm sorry, I apologize. I don't have it in front of me right now. No, you're fine. My Twitter is the A Cup Queen. The A Cup Queen. The yeah, it's, queen. it's the same as my OnlyFans. So my OnlyFans, I wanted to basically like have a playful, um, a playful reference to how flat chested I am. <laughs> so it's the A Cup Queen, and that's also my Twitter, the A Cup Queen. Oh, damn! Play that video. <laughs> I saw the cursor. The cursor was wiggling. Lean back and slow yourself down. Yes, keep going right around.
Yes, honey. Yes, ma'am. Walk it out. Oh. That right there should make y'all want to go subscribe to her OnlyFans. <laughs> That's all you need. The arm strength alone. I don't know if you work out or not, but I don't know how y'all be twirling, like staying in the air. Oh no, like trust me, that so that was um obviously in class. And this um lady, she's amazing, awesome instructor. She's been like trying to get me to do it, but it's just so painful. Like I finally said, you know what, I'm gonna just do it. I even got a pole today. I have a pole in my room now. So I'll be getting better and better. But oh. it's painful. Like I'm not a I'm not a big pole person. Like I make my money and I'm excited to see how much more money I make as I progress on my pole dancing journey. But I, I've always been like, oh, I make enough money. I don't need to learn how to pole. And then I'm like, that's not the mindset to have, Emily. You need to learn to make more money. So <laughs> that's why I'm like, okay, let me go ahead while I got all this free time learn some tricks so when I go back I'm investing in myself so when I go back I'll make even more money but it's painful it's very painful <laughs> make it look so easy that's the that's the point <laughs> that's the whole point that's it man look um Veronica said full body workout on the pole yeah I, I believe it absolutely and you said uh, for those who want to subscribe it's uh, the a cup queen on uh, Twitter and OnlyFans. And how much is the price right now? $14 a month. See, look, y'all got $14. Oh, yeah. y'all Trump, got $14. Just, Trump just hit y'all with that money? All right. Y'all got it. You can, buy, you can buy OnlyFans for you, your boy, your, your boy's boy, <laughs> your boy's the girl. <laughs> you can get... You, you get know, if money. you join, they started a referral thing now. So if you join... Um, and you refer, like, say if you, you subscribe to my OnlyFans, you can get a link and you can share it with your friends. And when they subscribe to my page, you get a free month. Word. <laughs> All right, Will, go ahead and go ahead and hit that subscribe. I got you, Run baby. me the link. And we out here. That's dope, man. That's beautiful. Um, much success to you and all your endeavors. Um, thank you so much for just taking the time to just be on here, period. We just help us it. just have a good conversation about this in the first place. Um, I can tell you very well versed and experienced with everything. And I just like I said, I just love that you want to help other people get into the industry. Like you just hear so many stories of just people just being cutthroat and undermining somebody else and giving them the wrong advice and leading them off course. When you put it forth for me, man, when, when one of us lead, wins, we all win at the end of the day. Um, we all in this together. And um, once this pandemic ends, man, we all need to be back on top, man. So I just love it. Um, you have any final thoughts you want to share? Um, No, thank you guys so much for having me. This is a very dope experience. I love talking, you know. It's what I always got in trouble for in school. So just being asked to talk now, <laughs> I'm just feeling so honored. I need to call up all my, my elementary school teachers and say, fuck you, people ask me to talk now. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, <laughs> but yeah no i think this is dope what you guys are doing i really um i fuck with the brand so thank you for having me and um i put my um facebook on here for you guys to tag me in this because i want to go see the comments and stuff but don't add me on facebook people because it's um it's family zone <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be in the say what say what
What did you say? You put your Facebook? Yo, you put it in the chat and Zoom chat. Yeah, in the Zoom chat for you guys. Just tag me in the comments so I can go see the comments and stuff. Okay, yeah, we'll do absolutely. Got you. Well, thank it. you so much. Um, hit her up. Hit up her OnlyFans. Hit up her um Academy. All that good stuff. And also hit us up if you don't mind. We got a Patreon. If y'all ain't know, we try to make a little bit of money too. Um, as y'all can see, we got a producer in the background. We got amazing special guests such as Sexy Spiritual Gangsta over here. You know what I mean? If you want to see us thrive even more, and I saw some people. So I didn't. I don't see who they are yet. Some people are already subscribed to the Patreon, and we. We love y'all so much. Um, Melody, Melody, uh, thank you so much, Melody, for all subscribing. Um, you can just can help us out with a little five dollars. Uh, we're gonna be having exclusive content. Um, I'm gonna be doing some extra videos. We're gonna have the old episodes from our not so great days, but we, we, we fixed them up. A lot of people don't know we've been doing. Me and Will been doing this for a very, very long time. So we've come a very, very long way. And um, Will knows. You can ask Will. Will just we we, we came a long way before. But we popping now. And we we popping. We out here, baby. If you have a business or, or online event that you want promoted. You have a very affordable packages for only $15, $25, or $50. So take up the tears. Um, help us help you, man. All love, all the way. Thank y'all so much, man, for just joining us, Facebook. Thank y'all so much for um, chiming in with the questions, with the love, with the funny, funny ass comments. I'm gonna come back and comment on these funny ass comments. Yeah, thank you to everybody who asked the question, who who added to the conversation. Y'all definitely helped us navigate this conversation. Yes, Sure, sure. I'm gonna go back and shout y'all out. Veronica, uh, Kendra, Cree. Cree said Dancing Bear. Who <laughs> said Dancing Bear? Who said that, Jones? No, I like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Terrible. Yeah, man. Thank y'all so much, man. We'll see y'all next time. We love y'all. Appreciate y'all. Thank y'all so much. Thank you for your time. Appreciate all y'all.